right, welcome back to another episode of the Strategy Inside Everything. Uh, this show is going to be different. I think I say that every time, Jesus. But it is going to be different because we're taking a look at a new facet uh, of strategy and, and some new dimension of what we're doing uh, from a strategy perspective and from a, uh, the idea of purpose. Uh, today, I have a guest, the CEO and co-founder of Catalyst, Brittany Hill. How are you, Brittany? Hi, I'm good. Thank you for having me. She is dialing in from beautiful Texas, which uh, I never get to Austin, but I, I would love to spend some time there. How is it there today? It's actually very beautiful. And um, yeah, we love it here in Austin. The, uh, the secret's out though. A lot of people move in here. <laughs> I know. I know. It's, it's crowded. Phoenix is the same way. There's something like 300 people moving here a day. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, how you got to where you are with Catalyst and then I think in your case, we're going to have to explain to people what Catalyst is so people have a sense of where this discussion is going to go. Sure, no problem. Yeah, my, uh, my entire career I've spent in the social impact space. Uh, I've you know, sat in the sort of corporate social responsibility seat at various uh, companies, uh, entertainment foundations, um, have produced various events that had social impact slants. Uh, and also sat in the nonprofit seat and understand sort of the nuances of specifically raising money from the corporate sector as a nonprofit professional. And, you know, then for the past decade plus have built and sold various social good consultancies that really specialized in building strategies for both the nonprofit and the for-profit side on how to work better together. Um, and, you know, have, have really enjoyed working with blue chip nonprofits, the, you know, UNICEF's and American Hearts and March of Dimes and World Visions of the World uh, and, and also Fortune 1000 companies. Um, but throughout that, uh, really learned that, you know, there were two main challenges that we, you know, kept hearing from both our nonprofit and our corporate clients and it was really around building fruitful partnerships with each other finding the right partners uh we i'm sure we'll dive into it but purpose is such a big part of a brand's uh landscape and and vernacular especially in today's environment um that you know a brand is stands for something is no longer uh, the exception, but the expectation. And, uh, you know, so we, we knew that finding the right partners on both sides of the aisle was a big, big issue that we didn't feel like human capital alone was doing a really good job of, of solving. Um, and, and also then measuring the effectiveness of those partnerships, uh, both on the community, but on, on the respective bottom lines. So essentially, uh, to sort of answer both of your questions, that, that's who I am and, and how I've, you know, gotten to the place where we are. Uh, but really why we created Catalyst was to build a software platform that borrows from these sort of online dating applications of the world to help broker really smart, uh, data-driven and methodical relationships between the public and private sectors, and then really measure what they're doing uh, to make sure that they're valuable investments, that they resonate with key stakeholders, and that they're doing what they are intended to do in terms of supporting our communities at large. No, I, I love it. And we, we connected uh, when I read your, something you had posted on LinkedIn got shared with me and I saw how uh, intertwined the, the who you are and what you're doing are. And I thought, well, this is, this is really interesting. I want to know more. Uh, and thank you for that 
context of how you got started. So let's start with uh, the people listening to this show are brand strategists and they're thinking about um, how to change the perception of a brand or how to improve the perception of a brand. And we wrestle a lot with brand purpose. There's a lot of back and forth. If you look at the the uh, Edelman study that they put out, you know, brands with purpose have been um, overachieving on business goals and brand goals. Um, can you speak to a little bit just to what you're seeing in terms of of purpose built organizations or or the difference between uh, organizations that are purpose built versus those that kind of bolted on and what the impact is there? Yeah, those are a lot of big questions. Um, I, I realize, as I was sit, finishing up, I realized that was five questions in one. So you can parse them out however you're comfortable. Yeah, no, of course. You know, I, I think it, it's not just me. I think a lot of brand strategists and folks that live in the brand world every day have heard it probably in various, you know, uh, scenarios of, you know, purpose is maybe the fourth P, you know, in the kind of marketing mix now, Um you know, brand stands for more than now just marketing and PR, that, that purpose or social impact should be part of that entire landscape. And, and so I, I think we all kind of know this and we hear this and, and I, I think brands now know that just being philanthropic, what we've really seen is maybe the biggest trend in our sort of social impact nuanced area is that it's no longer you know, whether you call it purpose or social impact or corporate social responsibility or whatever terminology or vernacular you use, it all falls under, you know, what do you stand for as a brand? And that question has really evolved over the last, I would say five years for a long time, but really over the last five years, it's really sort of come into the golden age of purpose uh, in that, you know, it's no longer good enough from stakeholders, from your consumers, from your employees, from uh, your investors. We're all probably familiar with Larry Fink and BlackRock and his open letter and recent article a couple days ago, actually, um, talking about the importance of even from an investment level, um, investing in purpose-driven companies, because to your point, they do outperform um, others. And so it's become even more important. It's not you know, good enough anymore to just be a philanthropic company, to just give away money, but really to intertwine um, and weave in the, you know, what do you stand for? What are you going to do to make our world as a corporation better tomorrow than it is today? Um, and, and that's kind of the big question that we've seen evolve. And and I was actually, it's funny, this is pretty timely. I was hosting uh, with my colleague a roundtable yesterday in Los Angeles with a lot of very phenomenal brands, uh, you know, about 20 different brands headquartered in the LA area. And they ranged every, you know, from everyone from a large global car manufacturer um, to a multimedia company, a global media company to uh, startups and B corporations. And to answer kind of your last question of how, you know, it sometimes seems um, easier, I would say, for the companies in the last five, 10 years that have been built around purpose, that have been built as a benefit corporation that started with the purpose at the core, not only from a perception standpoint that, you know, it resonates more with consumers, um, it resonates more with employees. We know that, you know, millennials and most generations outside of the millennials want to work for an employer that stands for something 
but it's also um, seems to be easier for let's say B corporations or companies that have started from that place to also um, execute purpose from an infrastructure perspective. Right. By, you know, and by that I mean where does purpose fit within the you know uh, org chart <laughs> of the of the company? And I we have talked to a lot of you know, 100-year-old, 50-year-old companies that have always done business a certain way and are now understanding they have to be a purpose-driven company. Um, it's not okay to just put out an ad campaign and not have any meat behind it, um, you know, or to put out a, a purpose-driven mission statement but not really be walking the walk. And so uh, from that perspective, you know, we are seeing this evolution um, that's really been driven by those B corporations, startups, newer companies that are built around the idea that you have to do something than more than just create a product or produce widgets or offer a service. You have to give back um, in a purpose-driven way, and it has to be part of your fabric. Um, and we feel like that's really been the driver for the rest of corporate America to say, oh, wait a second, what are we going to stand for? And how are we going to figure that out? That's a big question. Obviously, that's why Catalyst exists, is to help brands really, truly identify what issues matter to their stakeholders. Um, how does that you know, combine with the core values of the company? Um, what does that look like? What did that look like five years ago, 10 years ago? What does that look like now? How should that evolve? And how should that really play out in terms of uh, cross-departmental support? Yeah. And so when you have a company that does want to, uh, a mature company that does want to add purpose or giving, or I guess purpose is the better word, where they really want to sink their teeth into it and commit to it. What, what typical changes do you see that they have to make? Um, you know, a startup with five people that is built around a purpose, it's baked into everything they do, right? They figure out how to do it. every new process they create, they're able to boil it right in. But what, how does it impact a mature company to the, the ones that you've seen successfully do it? What are some of the changes they've made to their organization and to their processes that help it become part of the, the fabric of the company? Sure. Well, I think it all starts with C-level leadership and buy-in. Uh, we talk to a lot of social impact professionals that are sort of fighting the good fight at more mature companies. And they tell us that they feel like they have to go to the mat for social impact, that they have to prove its value, that they have to prove its worth. And so a lot of times that can be proven with research, with pilot programs. Um, we talk to, you know, uh, brands like Tyson Foods who have said, you know, we, we had to kind of prove that this, we should change our, our, you know, supply chain. We should change the way that we're producing uh, products and, um, you know, let invest a little bit, let's invest a little bit in a pilot, prove our worth, prove that this is, is working and matters. And then leadership will sort of buy in and, and take it to the next level. So we hear that a lot, especially in mature companies of, I need to assign value to the fact that this should be an investment, just like we invest in PR campaigns, just like we invest in R&D, just like we invest and evolve our marketing strategies purpose or social impact should be no different because it can have implications across so much and so many facets within the company. Um, so we've, we've seen it kind of twofold. First, prove the value to internal stakeholders, C-suite preferably, 
um, the value that social impact or purpose can actually have on the bottom line because numbers make people stand up and listen like nothing else. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so, um, so doing that first and foremost, I think piloting and social proofing of giving other examples internally, you know, in terms of buy-in, um, of here's how our competitors have done it, or here's, you know, how brands like Patagonia and CVS and, and Adidas or Adidas, however you prefer to say, <laughs> um, you know, have actually con- you know, either started from a place of, of purpose like Patagonia or have evolved into that like CVS and, and Adidas. Uh, they've done it because all of those departments were aligned. They understood the value that purpose could have from a numbers and tangible perspective and internally they had buy-in um i will i will say one more thing that i we found interesting we we also host a lot of sort of interviews with csr executives to keep our finger on the pulse of things and we um we were talking with seventh generation and their ceo and uh, they actually you know again one of those companies that somewhat was was built around purpose. Right, yeah, it's part of who they are. Part of who they are, but even more so, which I didn't know um, from the outside looking in, but he let us, uh, sort of clued us in on the fact that from an accountability standpoint, whether you are in sales or marketing or HR or whatever department you're in within seventh generation, you have an accountability goal to hit a purpose, a sustainability goal, for the for the overall company so even if you're in hr if you are not contributing and and the company is not hitting the sustainability goal then you're not you're not meeting your personal goals and so we thought we thought that was a really interesting dynamic that potentially other brands could adopt to make sure that everybody understands um, how important it is how it includes collaboration cross departmentally to make it truly successful um, but it, it's, you know, drilling down to that deep of a level to personal accountability, professional accountability, so that the entire company thrives. Now, are the companies that you interface with, are they typically, they call you because they already are bought into this or some, there's a stakeholder there who is, or are you sometimes brought in before a, uh, a firing squad who, who has no idea why they would invest in us? <laughs> It's um, it's a little of both. I will say we get you know the more sophisticated brands that are looking to revitalize, evolve, um, kind of have a rebirth of purpose or of social impact or of philanthropy, um, because they know they have to. And then we have smaller companies who say, you know what, we we want to do something. We know that this is good for our business. We just have no idea where to start. We have, this is so overwhelming that we have no idea where to start. Yeah, I would imagine that the, you mentioned the investment, the companies are, that are shrewd understand they have to make an investment in marketing, in PR, in campaigns, in R&D, and maybe technology. And I wonder if, there, if it's not a company that gets that, that they would just never understand that they have to invest in purpose and not just slap a logo on something. I would, I would absolutely agree with you. I would say 90% of the companies we meet do not come into conversations with us or most other technology companies or even consultancies from a place of, we want to invest in this to reap the benefit. It's usually, uh, we know we need to do something, so can you help us? Okay. Uh, 
and so it's oftentimes in education, you know, I, I often say, you know, over the past five or 10 years, has your company changed its, you know, recipes? Has your company changed its product and packaging? Has your company changed its marketing and, and PR strategies? And the answer across the board is, of course. Well, then why wouldn't you do the same in terms of evolution and investment in purpose that can have an exponential impact on your bottom line um, than any of those other actual components? And so when we sort of position it that way, it, it oftentimes clicks and there's that light bulb of, oh, yeah, it's right. been taking it the next step of proving the value with a lot of examples out there and studies out there um, that it can tangibly make on ROI because they do have to judge. I mean, it is a, a for-profit company, right? To, to, to an extent. And so you have to justify investment somehow. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're dealing with some of the, the public companies that have to rationalize every dollar they invest That's right. against a share price. So do you, um, let's, let's get into how you help them align their, I, I, I think visually, so I'm imagining a triangle and at one side is the customer, one side is the brand, and then the third side will be the purpose, the cause, the organization that they will support or the foundation they will start. Mm -hmm. Take me through how you measure up and identify what that third uh, vertex is there. Yeah. So we believe everything starts from the stakeholder. Uh, so really having a deep understanding and those stakeholders are threefold for us. One, it's the customer. Two, and that could be B2C or B2B, right? But who, who are your customers and what is important to them? Um, second are your employees. Sometimes those are first, depending on, on the type of company. But, um, and they may be, this is not by rank, but, but all on the same playing field, right? Second are your employees because they are the, the lifeline of your company. Um, and we think that a lot of brands are really cluing into that fact more and more. Uh, and then third are your, your investors. Um, but first and foremost, looking at what causes do your customers and your employees care most about as Americans overall, we just actually issued an issue revolution study that measured, uh, issue relevance and rel relevance, uh, you know, over the last and, and the changes that that has had, um, over the last three to four years, but understanding your own customers, your own employees of the causes that matter, the organizations that they already are supporting or engaging with, so that you know as a brand, you can empower them and meet them where they are um, to, to really support the stakeholders that will make your company successful. So starting from that place, and, and we do that through technology, through psychosocial analysis, through you know, mapping you know, email addresses and social handles and and information against activities and social listening and purchasing decisions and volunteer decisions. So yeah, all, the, all the same things we would do to build a, a customer avatar, you're doing the same things to figure out what causes that instead of brands, you're instead of creating an index of brands, you're creating an index of causes and interests. That's correct. So we start from that place, but you know, your customers or your employees as a brand may be interested in the moment in gender equality or maybe talking about gun control or really interested in education but does that fit with your core values as a company so then we do look at that triangle or that venn diagram of assigning value to resonance and relevance and risk proclivity 
and audience affinity toward causes and the core values of the company. And then we triangulate those two things, what's important to your stakeholders and what's important to the company, into literally an algorithm that heavily weights one, you know, one over the other and analyzes that against zeitgeist, against trends in the marketplace, against benchmarks, against your competitors. Um, because you know, purpose oftentimes in today's climate is about differentiation as much as it is about um, you know, acquisition or about brand reputation. Um, and so that's literally how we do it. And you know, I, I love that you painted that triangle as, as sort of the visual, but um, all of that comes into kind of a supercomputer in, in our system and outputs for you. Here are the causes and the issues that, that make the most sense for your brand based upon all, all of those inputs. And here's even more importantly, which we hear a lot of times from brands now in particular, is how much of a voice should I have in this one issue? No, should wait, I wait, whoa, whoa, stop. So you, you that's, this, is, this is great. So now you identified the directionally, these are the areas that you can talk about that your customers and your brand and your employees align with. And then you measure out how much voice they should give it or how much they should uh, exactly. tell share, me more. Yeah, their share of voice. So, you know, something like, I don't know, uh, education. Um, it, should we be an industry leader in this, in this issue? Should we support it behind the scenes because there's a little, you know, proclivity for risk or LGBTQ rights? You know, we work with brands like Harry's who, um, you know, had a huge pride campaign, changed their packaging, supported, um, it, you know, a variety of different causes and organizations within uh, the LGBTQ community this, this past summer. Um, and, and they came out as sort of an industry leader, as a voice in that community. Um, some brands that might not have been a, the, the right thing for them, given a variety of different scenarios. So maybe they still want to support it, and they know it's important, but the share of voice is, is so important in today's marketplace where um, if you make the wrong decision, it could jeopardize a significant amount of uh, customer and employee affinity. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And is it, um, I mean, have you ever had anybody fight you and just say, no, I want to support this, this cause and I want, it to be, I want to do a whole campaign about it that doesn't show up in your, in your data or that doesn't, won't help them achieve the goals that they set out at the beginning? Uh, there are outliers where sometimes a, an executive has a personal connection to a particular cause or a particular organization where they just go full force without really proving that that makes a lot of business sense. Um, and there are going to be those personal instances. I mean, you know, you're never going to be able to, um, to discount the human connection, right? And, and that comes into play with supporting, continuing to support your employees and executives. But for the most part, again, going back to numbers, which is why I'm such a data geek of, you know, if we prove it with numbers, if we prove that there's an affinity, if we prove that there's a 90% sentiment around this, again, the same way you would for any branding campaign or any marketing or PR campaign, why wouldn't you then invest in the direction that the data is is proving you go um and so most most of the brands we work with 
they don't do necessarily exactly what the data says, um, but it certainly is pushing them in the right direction to go right or left or or center or gray or you know whatever that um, prescriptive analytic might tell them. Yeah. Well, if, if I may, um, how so the word authenticity is is become a little bit of a it's a buzzword and it's kind of a, a cliche, but I know it's an important word. Uh, how does if again, if it's a purpose-built brand, it's a, it's something that started with this idea and wove it into everything they do. I get how that brand says we're authentic to it, but when it's it's pulled out of data, do you have trouble? Is there ever a risk that it won't come off as as an authentic interest that it was lab-generated as like, well, we we wanted to do something with purpose and this was our match, and so here we are doing this or how do you stitch the two together so that they feel so that it becomes authentic and so that it becomes a real a true purpose and not just a purpose campaign that that is a great question um so the data if you recall is generated by an analysis from people um first and foremost and by an analysis of what is true truly core to the company so it's not necessarily just picking something out of thin air um, it is driven by those authentic connections that stakeholders have with causes. So it comes from a place of authenticity, first and foremost. Is it delivered in data? Sure. Um, do you have to build stories around it? Absolutely. Um, and, and do you have to, mo most importantly, um, back it up and put your sort of, you know, walk the walk um, and not just talk the talk? Absolutely. You cannot put out um, an ad campaign, and I'm not going to, you know, pick on any brand because we love them. Um, but you know, you you can't necessarily just put out anymore um, a a lovely Super Bowl ad or an ad campaign or a purpose campaign without actually demonstrating to customers what you are doing to support that issue on the back end. It's great to talk about something, and it's great that you've chosen an issue to stand for and that you've chosen something to stand up for. But you actually now, customers and employees are demanding that they understand, we've seen the stats, we've created some of them and generated these studies on our own, that, that general American no longer just want to hear about the impact that you're making, they want to understand it. They want to understand on a tangible level, what are you doing to support this issue? Right. And so certainly the data will help pave that way of decision making. Um, but we work with agencies all the time when it comes to fueling their data. Um, oftentimes we are the data behind the branding campaign um, that, that creates the story, that creates that authenticity, that creates that personal connection with the cause. Is there any, is there any signal to you when you're in the process of, of helping a, uh, a company identify a purpose or a cause uh, or an organization to support where is there ever a signal that you say, oh, nope, you should not move forward. You're not ready to do this. I would say infrastructure is the first thing. Um, infrastructure and cross-departmental buy-in. So if, if marketing and purpose are not aligned, um, probably, probably not ready to move forward. If, you know what I mean? Um, so that's probably the first uh, largest issue that we see. Totally get it. Um, I had another question, but that dinging bell just totally threw me off. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. I don't know what that was. Um, 
how how involved are you guys post how involved does catalyst stay involved uh in the process once the match is made um so we you know certainly uh focus on issue mapping as we call it matchmaking so we we dive down into the the granular level of once you've identified the issue that you stand for or should stand for which nonprofit organizations make the most sense for you in terms of what types of uh, commitment to community are you are you looking for? What type of mission served impact or mission served audience rather are you uh, looking to connect with? So we really help them do due diligence and finding the right nonprofit partners to get out in the community and do good work. Um, we we typically partner with other vendors with other agencies with you know we're very collaborative in the execution phase and then we come back in we're kind of the bookends we help you you know identify what you're you're going to do and who you're going to do that with um we partner with other folks to help you put the story out there to help you execute what you're doing and then we come back in at the end and help you measure and then value um, those partnerships or those commitments so if we've, you know, donated or, or spent, you know, a million dollars or $2 million or $20 million on, uh, you know, the environment this year through a variety of different partnerships as a brand and as a social impact professional, I would want to know um, what type of return did that give me? What, not only what type of, you know, volume of people or lands or, um, you know, reduction of emissions or all of those great measurements yes we need that but i want to know what was the value of this investment um back to my company so that's that's where we come back in into the fold oh that's awesome so pre-campaign and then post-campaign to make sure i'm saying campaign but post investment period so you can make sure that there's somebody is correctly mapping the return or the progress that was made that's correct that's awesome um hey the the research that you mentioned earlier, the study that you did, is that something that you could uh, link to? Absolutely. Yeah. We can send you the link. You can go to gocatalyst, G-O-C-A-T-A-L-I-S-T.com slash insights. And the, uh, the study is there for a free download. That's perfect. I will uh, link to it in the show notes as well. Um, where else? What else do you have to uh, speaking engagements or any other stuff that uh, you want to promote? Oh gosh, we're speaking all the time. Uh, it just uh, came back from a few things on that same um, on that same page on our website. There are also a list of our speaking engagements coming up. So we've, you know, we, we're always at Engage for Good. Um, we've been at Sustainable Brands. We have um, some coverage coming out in in Forbes and and Ad Age uh, in the coming months. Um, on some of the work that we've been doing. So uh, yeah, always out there. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Very good. Uh, Brittany, thank you so much. I know you're almost always on an airplane, so I appreciate you uh, being on the ground and talking to us for a little bit. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah, this is awesome. I'm glad we were able to connect. Likewise. Have a great one. Right. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye.